This is Chattanooga Civics. I'm Nathan Bird. I'd like to thank my Patreon sponsors for supporting the show, especially the Marx family and Stephen Culp. If you're enjoying the podcast, newsletter, or Instagram feed, please consider supporting me at patreon.com slash chatcivics. Sure. I'm Charles Wood. I am uh, CEO and president for the Chattanooga Area Chamber of Commerce. It's a, a relatively new role for me, so I spent the last 11 years as vice president of economic development here. So let's start with a really basic question. How is the chamber organized and funded? Sure. So um, people kind of look at us as kind of this monolith entity, but we're actually two different organizations. So we have a 501c6, uh, which is the Chattanooga Area Chamber of Commerce, and then we have a 501c3, which is the Chattanooga Chamber Foundation. So we're, we're actually two different entities. Um, you know, we kind of share a mission, but there's there's different parts of what we do that, that lives under each. And so the the 501c6 is focused really on membership and public policy. Um, and so if you think about supporting our small businesses, that kind of thing, and then any work we do when we're, um, you know, dealing with state legislators or federal legislation, things like that, live on the 501c6 side. Mm-hmm. And then the foundation side, the 501c3 Unlike most foundations in Chattanooga, it's really an entity that allows us to take in funding versus send funding out. Um, and so we, um, under that umbrella, really lives kind of traditional economic development, um, our entrepreneurial efforts around the, the incubator over on the North Shore, um, our work around workforce development and talent. Um, and so that's kind of where all of that lives from from the chamber side of things. So it's... Most people just see us as the chamber, which is mm-hmm. fine, but there's there, it's a little more complicated than that. So you mentioned a lot of different things that we're going to get into, membership, policy, entrepreneurship, the incubator. I'm excited to talk about that. Uh, but I want to start with the mission of the chamber, and that is to champion our member businesses and promote regional economic growth. So let's start at the beginning there. How does the chamber champion member businesses? What does that mean? And who are these member businesses? Sure. And and I'd say that's our mission. And I think really our, our purpose is to build a thriving Chattanooga. And um, so I'd maybe start with that. And um, you know, if you think about how we champion our businesses, the first is we tell, help tell their stories is one where, you know, I mean, if you're a small business, we want to make sure that people know who you are, know that you exist, know that you're out there, because that's really the that's a big part of businesses being successful and getting new customers and being able to grow the revenue stream. Um, and if, if you want to build a thriving Chattanooga, you have to have thriving businesses, right? There's, there's one without the other is not possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the other piece of that is the public policy piece, which is if you think about making sure that legislation is going to be supportive of the business community, going to be supportive of our small businesses, um, and then be supportive of kind of building an environment that is going to help those those small businesses be successful. So that's why public policy lives so closely um, with the membership side of the organization. And then the, the last thing I'd say is arming those small businesses with tools. Um, and so that can, sometimes that's information, that's communication opportunities, that's, again, that's telling their story. Um, and then that's giving them opportunities to connect with each other, um, you know, build their networks. And then, of course, you know, 
if you own a small business, you know, it's always about, you know, where am I going to find my next customer? How am I going to communicate to my new, my current customers? And then how can I kind of grow that base so that I can build revenue stream and, and long-term make sure my business is sustainable. Mm -hmm. So the next part is promoting regional economic growth. What is the extent of the region that the chamber represents? Yeah. So we, um, we used to really be heavily and focused solely on Chattanooga and Hamilton County. And um, after Volkswagen, we went through a, a planning effort and uh, we spent some time in Greenville, South Carolina. And one of the things that you know we wanted to understand was what happened after Greenville landed BMW because we had just landed Volkswagen. And the feedback was plan, plan some more, and do it at a regional level. And so we launched a regional planning initiative called Thrive. Um, it covers 16 counties, so it stretches down two in, in northeast Alabama, five in northwest Georgia, and the remaining nine in southeast Tennessee. Kind of if you think about two rings around Chattanooga and Hamilton County is kind of what that looks like. And um, that planning exercise kind of created the Thrive Regional Partnership is what spun out uh, from the chamber. And then from an economic development standpoint, the Greater Chattanooga Economic Partnership, which lives under the chamber's foundation. And that really is a marketing initiative for those 16 counties to encourage investment and job creation in the region. So we're talking about investment and job creation and promoting regional economic growth. Uh, but you spent some time here. You've, you started talking about members, championing member businesses. You, you focused a lot on local businesses in that answer. Uh, but then we're also talking about huge businesses, multinational corporations like Volkswagen. Um, so when looking at potential regional economic growth, is all economic growth created equal? And if not, how does the chamber determine which sorts of growth to promote? Who do you chase? Who do you, you know? Sure partner with more closely maybe yeah so first it's not equal um and and there's generally a, a term that's referred to, referred to as traded industry sectors um it's it's rooted and i'm gonna get a little nerdy on you but it's rooted in economic base theory and and what that means is there are businesses that export products or sell services outside of the community and bring that money in um, and so those are traded industries and then there are businesses that are lifestyle-based and that operate based on the, the local economics that are happening inside their region. And so my son owns a coffee shop. The reality is no one is or very few people would come to Chattanooga just to go to a coffee shop. They're here for another reason. Mm -hmm. That money is, is, is already in Chattanooga, and he's hoping more and more of it gets to him. If you look at, at a company like Unum, which sells insurance, right, they have – the base of operations in London, another base um, in the Northeast. And so for them, when they sell a product or service, that money comes back to Chattanooga. So it, it generates new revenue and new economic benefit for the community. And so when we, when we work at that regional level, we're pitching the region to companies and industry sectors that are going to grow the economic pie by exporting a product or service outside of the market. So when we talk about economic development, that really that focus is around companies that have the ability to sell something somewhere else and then grow the economic pie of Chattanooga by bringing that funding back in. And it doesn't matter if you're, 
you know, selling zebra cakes, you know, if you're McKee food selling zebra mm-hmm. cakes, if you're Volkswagen selling a, you know, a, a new, um, Atlas or your Unum selling insurance outside of the market. And so all of those companies really help us grow the pie, if you will. And so that's really where kind of economic sustainability for a community lives because there's, there's always going to be money that's going to leak out of the market. And so if you think about if someone decides that rather than getting on a plane in Chattanooga, they want to get on it in Atlanta, we lose that money, right? We lose that that economic benefit to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So there's always this kind of process in a community where you have leakage of funds that go outside of the market. And so you want to fill that back up by having companies that are selling product and bringing new money into the market. And then I'd say, and you mentioned kind of, you know, different, you know, how do we kind of target? And I'd say we have, we have some pretty specific uh, target industry sectors that we focus on that we have, either we have strengths in already. So if you think about advanced manufacturing, outdoor products, you know, we have, there's a, there's a base of operation here that we do really, we do those things really well. Um, And then there's industry sectors that are have lots of room for growth and that we feel like Chattanooga could over the long term become a significant um, player and beneficiary of those industries as they grow. And so certainly probably the best recent example of that is EPB's investment in quantum computing, right? It's it's so early. And so we don't really have technology companies that are, are built around that yet, but we think right. we have, we you know, EPB is giving us a platform to build those on, right? And so those are kind of the two things I would say is those target industry sectors that we look to to kind of continue to grow and build on logistics, good example. Um, but then newer, more innovation-based uh, knowledge industries that have a lot of room to grow uh, over a long-term period of time. So focusing the economic growth towards either these existing strengths or new possible strengths that the Chattanooga area has. Exactly, exactly. So what are some of the public policy initiatives that the Chamber has undertaken to promote growth, and, and what level do those exist at? How much time is spent talking about federal policy, state policy, local policy? What does that break down like? Um, I would say um, it kind of the inverse of the of the order you mentioned. And so we tend to focus first on local, next on state, and then last on federal. And the reason for that is really where we have the ability to have the biggest impact is at the local and state mm-hmm. level. It's a, a lot harder for, you know, a, a relatively modest-sized chamber of commerce in, in, in a, you know, in a secondary market like Chattanooga to influence what happens at the federal level. Right. And so, you know, our, our view has always been where we want to work very closely with our, our partners at the city and county on um, local legislative opportunities that kind of help small businesses. And then the next is typically um, efforts around what happens at the state level and how we're engaged. And and a lot of those play very directly to things that um, you, you might – not think about. Um, and so we, uh, we worked pretty actively with the founders of Chattanooga whiskey to help change state law that allowed for, uh, distilling in Hamilton County. Um, so there was a whole process around that at the state level and then at the local level with the county commission. Um, so for those of you that may like Chattanooga whiskey, um, there you go. And then we've, we've done something, um, similar with West Star Aviation. We worked with our state delegation to, um, support some changes to the sales tax structure for the state, 
um, that would allow us to be competitive for the aviation industry in particular. And so that that helped us mm-hmm. um, win, really win Westar, win that project, which is now at the airport and has about 300 employees. And so those are, you know, most of what we do at the at the local and state level, we make a really strong effort to make that a collaborative process where we're we're trying to work with our delegation as an example we've got some some really strong folks at the state delegation that may have things they want to see and champion that we want to help get behind and then kind of vice versa for us as we're you know, as we're looking at opportunities around how we support small business or, or our larger industry sectors and that kind of thing um, big focuses for us certainly transportation mm-hmm. uh, is a is a key factor if you if you think about from a state standpoint um, you know we've we've seen a significant amount of investment and, and are definitely thankful for the delegation on you know the level of investment that's happened at the I-24, I-75 split and what's going on, on on Interstate 24 right now around the ridge cut and certainly Highway 27. And so there's there's a lot of that that we need to make sure the infrastructure keeps up with the growth of the community. Um, and then education is, is another where we've we've played a pretty active role um, in working with our our um, superintendent here locally, as well as county commission and others, in the past, um, we house a program under the foundation side of the of the chamber called Chattanooga 2.0, which is focused on you know cradle to career education. And so, if you think about early learning and um, future ready institutes and and kind of those those career uh, focused efforts around what what the workforce pipeline looks like, those are all big focus areas for us. So what form does this support take? And I'm specifically thinking about the, the aviation example, the Chattanooga whiskey example, saying you supported them through this process to change state and local regulations. Does that take the form of letters of support or is it funding for some of those legal hurdles to pay for, you know, lawyers and things like that? Or what, what, how, how does that actually manifest itself? So rarely is it something we would fund or underwrite financially, but it's much more likely to be um, whether that's a, a letter of support or that's you know bringing groups together to have those conversations so that you know industry is meeting with our elected officials that kind of thing. So there's there's really strong dialogue and opportunities around that, and mm-hmm. and those those opportunities for us where you're you're facilitating that ability to kind of convene folks together, let them, let them share their challenges and, and what opportunities they see out ahead um, and make sure that our elected officials are, are very much kind of aware and, and understand what those big challenges are, those big opportunities are for business. Right. So is it safe to say that it's, it's kind of like a soft power support, providing networking, introducing people to one another, putting kind of the Chattanooga Chamber name behind uh, an initiative. Absolutely. Uh, I think that's a good way to put it is, uh, you know, for us, we do a a legislative survey every year. We're kind of starting to put the finishing touches on that. We'll send that out to our membership and they really um, provide the feedback on what's important to them. Mm -hmm. And so we take that survey. uh, We have a public policy committee that um, basically works to develop that survey, um, takes that information in, and then that crafts our um, our legislative agenda for the year. And so that helps us inform um, our, just where we want to be on certain topics and issues um, and then allows us to communicate those up to elected officials. So I want to move on and talk about some of the planning that you all have done to kind of form these agendas and figure out what the future of Chattanooga looks like. So I'd like to talk about the Chattanooga Climbs plan and also the Velocity 2040 plan. Um, 
Could you explain what those are, how they're different, and and what they're trying to accomplish? Absolutely. Um, I I guess about five or six years ago, um, we we started a process um, that uh, involved a number of folks to help us with some visioning work. And um, we brought in a pretty well-known futurist, which evidently there are futurists out there, um, named Rebecca Ryan. And um, she kind of helped us work through a process with a, a pretty significant amount of uh, community partners. And so we had we surveyed 5,000 people, uh, every zip code in Hamilton County in that, in that process. And, and that kind of led us to a, a a pretty broad vision with some key topics. So a few of those, one is every resident is thriving, right? And so that certainly squarely fits um, within the chamber's mission and kind of our, our economic development and economic growth efforts. Um, but others like, you know, we want all students to have what they need um, to be successful in learning. Um, one around uh, transportation and, and infrastructure issues and, and things like that. So for, for us, that helped set a framework um, that's, that's pretty high level, right? Not, not very tactical. And Chattanooga climbs, and we've, we've recently, you know, we're kind of putting the finishing touches on our first five-year strategic plan, which is called Chattanooga Climbs. Um, and that's much more of a tactical plan, right? So there's some big picture goals around it. And then under each one of those goals are very specific tactics that we want to see happen. Um, a, a couple of those uh, over that from that last five-year plan, one was um, we wanted to attract or build a group that could help us um, really work with ex-offenders to get them placed in employment. And so we, as part of that, it was specifically identified in that, in that five-year strategy. We recruited an entity called Project Return, which is uh, based in Nashville. They opened their second, it's only their second office out, outside of Nashville. So they, um, they opened an office here in Chattanooga. As of the end of last year, they had been open a little more than a year. They had 200, uh, more than 200 folks that had gone through their programming and ended up in full-time employment. So this helps our, our employers, right, obviously, mm-hmm. but it also, from an economic perspective, um, you know, creates opportunity for folks who, frankly, have been disengaged from, you know, the workforce and from opportunity. And so um, that was one example of, of kind of one of the tactics that was in there. Um, one of our other strategies in that plan was embedding employers and workforce training centers into low-income neighborhoods. And so, you know, what kind of came out of that is the Nippon Paint uh, project, which is under construction right now in East Chattanooga, and then the Construction Career Center that's there. And, and of course, lots of partners around this. So this wasn't, we didn't go, we didn't put in the plan, we want a construction career center, and these are the partners that are going to be there. There's mm-hmm. lots of things that go into it, but certainly those projects align very much with that plan. And so there's there's kind of three big pillars, um, and and these have mostly carried over into the new plan that we're, we're out kind of raising money around right now. Um, but one is really around economic mobility, economic growth is, is one. The second is around workforce and education. And the third is around entrepreneurship and, and technological innovation. So those are the three big pillars. And then um, there's some guiding principles that kind of flow throughout that plan and cut across everything. So economic mobility is one. Um, inclusive economy, right? If you think about making sure that regardless of what zip code you live in, whether you're you're in a rural part of the county, an urban part of the county, um, whatever race you are, whatever gender you are, this economy should work for you. It should create opportunity. And so that's, that's that inclusive economy. And the last is collaborative leadership, which is 
you know, kind of a, a baseline for Chattanooga. It's been a critical part of a lot of our success with public-private partnerships is that that level of collaboration. So those three guiding principles kind of cut through all, all three of those pillars, right? And then the new plan is called Chattanooga Climbs Higher. So theoretically, we climbed a little bit. We want to climb higher with this next plan. Um, and so that's a five-year plan. We really um, hope to kind of start that work January one. Um, of 2024. And so we're out raising funding around that right now. We've had a pretty significant uh, amount of support and and I think buy-in for those. And so the, you know, the, I mentioned with, with the Velocity 2040 and then with Chattanooga Climbs, there's a process around building out that plan. And so we were very intentional with um, having a steering group, that, a steering committee that was around that of about 50 people. Uh, it included elected officials. It included school board members. It included um, folks from the nonprofit community and foundations. So it's not just chamber members that are kind of involved in that because it, it lives on our 501c6 side, which is really bigger and kind of more thoughtful around the full community, whether you're a chamber member or not. Um and so for us, that steering committee needs to be really diverse, needs to bring a lot of people um, in and and kind of make sure we're, we're, we're headed in the right direction. Mm-hmm. And so um, we, we take that input. We do focus groups around the community. Uh, this last time we held one at the Bethlehem Center, um, the previous plan, we spent time at Hope for the Inner City and had a number of folks from, from uh, East Chattanooga engaged in that. And, um, and, and this, so this time we, we did that. And then, of course, we did another survey. So we surveyed about 1,200 individuals. Uh, again, I think we got every zip code in the county just to make sure that we are you know, where the steering committee was headed, it's kind of a truth test to make sure we're still headed in that right direction. And then um, we used Ernst & Young as our consulting firm to really help us build that five-year plan out. And so if you if you think about Velocity 2040, right, and, and kind of when we did that, it's a 20-year plan. And so the idea is the strategy, you know, kind of is broken up in five-year increments right. to really be able to execute and deliver very specific key performance indicators and metrics around kind of where we want to get to so we know if we're being successful. Um, and then also very specific projects and kind of really audacious um, goals to try and improve our economic base and our, our opportunity around economic development. Mm-hmm. So I'll move on and talk about some of the opportunities that the Chamber provides for citizens, small businesses, things of that nature. And I want to start with the the incubator. Can you tell me a little bit more about that project, what it is, what it provides, and, and how people can sign up? Absolutely. So for, first of all, the, you know, the incubator is housed in the Hamilton County Business Development Center. It's been a longstanding partnership with Hamilton County, and they actually own the facility, which for those of you that um, didn't know, there's a, th- there's a three-story brick building at the corner of manufacturers in Cherokee Boulevard that Hamilton County owns. And in it at any one time are 30 to 50 early stage companies that are building pretty innovative and really interesting uh, startups here in Chattanooga. And so we've We've had more than 500 companies go through that um, that facility over the last probably 25 years, and um, some of those are are really cool and, and companies you may have heard about. Uh, Branch Technology is kind of one of the all star graduates, and um, they are you know focused around architectural 3D printing, which has done really well. But it's it's just a smattering and really interesting mix of companies. So last year, Hoff and Pepper graduated out. Um, I think they're in. 
20 to 30,000 square feet now in Alton Park, and they're up over 20 or 30 employees at this point. Um, and so, of course, you know, I think if you've been at a restaurant, Hoffman Pepper hot sauce has been on the table probably, right? So um, they're now in, I think, 1,600 Whole Foods across the country and, and doing really well. Um, Coco Asante uh, just graduated out here in the last few months um, into bigger space, and and that will help her with you know her chocolates and things like that. But it's it's just a really interesting mix. We've got companies that are um, in the robotics sector, a company called One Off Robotics that's in there now. We have a um, couple software developers. We have a group that's in uh, financial fraud detection and monitoring and things like that that's there. So it's it, you know we the building is zoned for manufacturing, which allows basically to do just about anything in the building. Um, we don't do retail because really having customers come and go is complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's consumer products, if it's manufacturing, we have a, a group in there right now that's a medical device group. Um, the space is pretty flexible and we are, we generally are, I, I try and explain to people, we're terrible commercial landlords, right? So we, we take in entrepreneurs that may or may not have revenue, um, may or may not be able to pay the rent in the next six months, um, and then we, we keep them for three years. They can pitch for a fourth year if they want to stay. By then, hopefully, they're really successful and they're making money and they're doing well and they'd be a great tenant and we kick them out <laughs> and to make room for the next, right, the next round of entrepreneurs. And right. so it's, uh, you know, it, it's a really interesting kind of model. But for us, it's all about making sure that those companies have a safe place. They're surrounded by like-minded people, right? These are other people that are, are building something and, um, you know, trying to scale their business and their idea. Um, and then, you know, frankly, for, for those companies, it, it allows them a level of flexibility they would have a harder time getting in, in commercial real estate, mm-hmm. especially with manufacturing capacity. Right. So, um, you know, certainly during COVID, um, you know, Hoff and Pepper had to scale back pretty significantly, right? I mean, if you think about the impact on the restaurant sector. Um, and so we allow companies to do that. If I think they may have been in five to 8,000 square feet. They, they went down to a few offices and then they scale back up after, you know, if things got better. And so that, ability is very helpful for a lot of entrepreneurs that are out there that are, you know, kind of, they have some growth plans in mind, they don't know exactly how they're going to play out. And so it it gives them the ability to expand and shrink back as needed, um, you know, over that three to four year window. So there's obviously huge benefit to having that flexible real estate. And also, like you mentioned, kind of that networking effect of being around like minded individuals. Does the incubator provide any other benefits? Um, You know, I'm thinking kind of advising or uh, equipment or anything like that. How how does that work? Yeah, there's a few things. And so what we've tried to do is co-locate some services that are are pretty supportive. And so uh, a couple examples. One is the Tennessee Small Business Development Center, um, which is tied to, you know, Federal Small Business Administration, SBA funding. Um, and so they are based in that facility. They work with entrepreneurs um, and folks who have ideas around starting a business from the very beginning, right? I, right? I need to figure out how to set up an LLC to I need a business plan or how do I get myself prepared to go after, you know, bank loan and things like that. Um, Launch Chattanooga is another, which they're particularly focused on um, small minority owned uh, businesses and entrepreneurs. So they've been a, a great partner for us. Um, we have Chat Lab, which is a makerspace that's in the building. They're an anchor 
uh, tenant for us, and then there's a there's a structure where our, our clients that are in the building kind of get a, a benefited rate um, around that. So there's some there's some entities that are based inside that building that help, and then we have um, some lunch and learns and, and programming and things like that where you know folks can can connect. They'll they'll we'll have folks who deal with commercial real estate or finance or things mm-hmm. like that where they can learn from as as they're in that facility. And then do you track kind of the longevity of the businesses that come out of the incubator? Or is it kind of once you graduate, congratulations? It's, I would say we don't do a good enough job of tracking them, but certainly we do pay attention uh, and kind of work with them. And so we, we actually did an economic impact analysis on um, – on the the program last year, so for calendar year 2022, and the um, we we included a number of graduates in that to kind of look at kind of how they were doing after they left, and so. For us, there's typically a handoff, um, and so this sounds it, it may be interesting, but we go as a company is typically exiting out um, if they're scalable, right, and they can grow. We have a, a head of existing business here at the chamber who's in the economic development team who will work with them to find new new office space or industrial space or things like that, and kind of support them from a growth perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say we've really. St- started to do a better job of that over the last four or five years. Certainly there are folks who went through um, 15, 20 years ago that I, I don't even know they went through. It was before our ten, my tenure and others. Um, and so it's interesting. There's a marketing firm that um, hit the, the newspaper over the weekend. Um, and I didn't know it, but they had they'd been at the incubator. And so that was in the, you know, that was in the article and I didn't even realize that um, they had spent time there. So there's a, there's a host of, of companies that folks know across the community that have spent time in that building and and been a part of that program. Mm -hmm. And then one last question is, is how is all of this funded? I mean, I guess the overhead is fairly low since it's a county owned building and all of that, but yeah. Does the rent pay for everything or are there outside the, funding sources? That- the rent does not pay for everything. Um, that would be awesome if it did. Um, <laughs> and so we typically, I, I, I describe it as kind of a loss leader is what it's been for us. Um, and it's a critical part of the entrepreneurial ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And, and so as we kind of think about the Chamber Foundation and, and the economic development portion, um, that is a, a big part of kind of, I'd say, our role and contribution into the ecosystem. And um, so as we kind of, I mentioned the strategic plan. So as we kind of resource that plan, which basically means I go out and raise money, um, we spend time meeting with our existing investors, which we have about a hundred private sector investors, um, as well as the city and county that invest into the foundation. And um, that funding comes in basically on an annual basis. We ask for companies to make a five-year pledge. We have folks that invest anywhere from $2,500 a year to over $200,000 a year. And and that basically supports um, our economic development efforts, which also includes some of the work that happens at the incubator. Um, but Hamilton County is a big partner in that, right? Mm-hmm. And so the, the structure for us is effectively they're allowing you know us to kind of manage that program um, when there are significant cost factors as far as the facility goes, if you think about big systems and, and things like that. Um, the county has been supportive of kind of investing funds into that facility and and actually one of the um, one of the goals in kind of the new five-year plan is really to look at how we um, really kind of 
I think, reinvent what happens there and think a lot bigger about that facility and that property um, so that it can have a much bigger economic impact on the community than it does. And and that um, that impact uh, analysis we did in 2022, it had a $70 million impact on the community. So the I think there were 40, 45 businesses that were in that building at any one time uh, during 2022. And then we looked at a number of graduates. And so if you think about that impact of, of, you know, $70 million on Hamilton County's economy with relatively low investment, you know, over the last few years, that that's a pretty big impact. And so our goal really is to look at, you know, can we double that number, right? And how do we do that? And what's the opportunity to really use that property to be able to attract entrepreneurs from outside of the community in into mm-hmm. Chattanooga? Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, mostly it's been one where we're supporting folks that are already here, um, that have an, have an idea, have a brainchild, and, and want to kind of build something. Um, but I think the real opportunity for us is to continue to do that. I think it needs to be able to have a broad mix of, of clients and tenants. I mean, we've we've got someone right now who makes hula hoops, a company called Hoop Junkie. She's exported to more than 30, uh, 30 countries. And then we have folks who, you know, work for Citibank and um, – you know, PricewaterhouseCoopers that are doing fraud uh, consulting services. So it's just a really interesting mix of entrepreneurs. But for us, I think, you know, how do we scale that in a really substantive way and make sure we're operating in the 21st century and, and kind of looking at it as a resource for the county, of course, but city of Chattanooga, University of Tennessee, um, at Chattanooga, you know, those different big community partners where we can really build on that. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 one big item in the in the new plan, um, and and we're pretty excited about it. That is really exciting. Um, I, I do want to move on and talk about a few of the networking and professional development opportunities that the chamber puts on. Um, a couple that just come to mind. Uh, Protege is a program that I went through a couple years ago. Leadership Chattanooga is maybe the most well known. Um, can you talk about some of those programs and and what they provide. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned kind of that, that purpose around building a thriving Chattanooga and you can't do it without, you know, thriving businesses. And so you also can't do it without leadership, right. Mm-hmm. And great leaders. And so, um, you know, leadership Chattanooga has been around for a long, long time. Um, and, and the, the number of folks that have gone through there is just really incredible. So, I mean, Senator Corker was in the first class, right? And so we've, we've had a, you know, a host of community leaders that have gone, gone through leadership Chattanooga. We have a new class this year. I think we have 43 folks in that. Um, they spend a good bit of time learning about Chattanooga, but also learning about how state government works and learning about public safety and understanding kind of the economics and economic development in, in the community. So I think from a community standpoint, it's been a really powerful uh, program to get people educated, to get people interested in public service, um, to make sure that, you know, they are looking for opportunities and how they give back and kind of plug into to their community. And then Protege, a uh, little different, whereas, um, you know, leadership is, is pretty long-term and pretty intense uh, program. Protege is dialed back a little bit. It's meant more for younger professionals. Um, they're paired with a mentor. Um, and so they, they, and we have some great folks that, that, um, help us with that, that have been mentors in the past. And, um, and 
we have two different cohorts. So we have, a, I think, a daytime and an evening cohort now that, that will go through that. And it's a little over 20 folks. And um, it's more around professional development for, for those protégés, right, for the folks that are going through that program, um, le- learning leadership skills, um, learning from each other as much as they'll learn from the mentors, mm-hmm. and then building their professional networks, right? So they get to spend time. Um, each one of those mentors spends time in front of the full group. Um, and so hopefully they're building out their professional network, which is also really valuable. And I want to talk a little bit, too, about the, the local councils. And can you explain how that works, I, especially, you know, for people listening, maybe you're not in the position of owning a small business or uh, wanting to be involved in this more policy space, but the local councils being that place to kind of network with other businesses. Absolutely. So the the chamber has um, a number of kind of um, geographically based councils. And so if you think about, um, we have one for Red Bank and, you know, one for downtown and one for, um, you know, College Dale Udawa and uh, another uh, that's Midtown Council. So if you think about the Brainerd area and things like that. And and so we have uh, 11 kind of geographically based councils. We have one that's not, which is our International Business Council. And it's, you know, each of those groups kind of charts a little bit of their own destiny. Um, so they have a business plan that they develop out that's a, a multi-year business plan. Mm-hmm. And it, it focuses on things that tend to be um, very, very, very tied to that specific geography of Chattanooga. And um, there's a board for each each one of those councils. Um, and they, they kind of, each of them determines really where they want to focus. Um, but there is, you know, small business people. So these are mostly folks who own businesses in, in those specific areas. And um, it's a way for them to network without a doubt. It's certainly opportunity for them to grow their business and sales and that kind of thing. But it also provides um, really kind of a very community centric way to be engaged in, in that specific geography. Right. And so um, we've had, uh, we have a number of those councils that are engaged with their local high schools or, or their schools. They've raised money. They've done, done work in the schools. They've been, uh, involved in, in, you know, career guidance and things like that with, with students. Um, they've also been involved with kind of, uh, and connected to their, their elected officials that cover their specific areas, whether that's city council members or, or county commissioners or state legislators. So it's a good way for them, um, to build that connectivity at kind of a hyper local local level. Um, and then certainly, you know, you don't have to necessarily even be a chamber member to attend those meetings if you want to go. And, um, you know, typically they're done around coffee or lunch. Um, and they, they will oftentimes have a, an after hours a few times a year, that kind of thing. But it's, a, it's really an opportunity to kind of engage at a, a hyper level local, uh, hyper local level. Um, and so uh, a good way to kind of get plugged in and learn about what's happening, you know, in, in all those communities around the, around the county. Fantastic. Well, I have one last question, and this is uh, our Patreon supporters get the chance to submit questions to any of our guests. And so this is a question from Stephen Culp. How can companies large and small better contribute to Chattanooga's civic well-being working together? Our community faces major challenges in education and other areas that collective will, influence, and resources might help address. Um, it's a great question. And so, Stephen, if you're listening, thank you for asking that. And I would say, you know, one of the things I love about Chattanooga is there is no shortage of ways is, ways to get connected, right? And, um, you know, the chamber has some paths, and we, we talked about those with, with the councils, and there's a number of committees and things like that. Um, 
but there's quite a few others. And so if you think about, um, we have two, I'd say, partner organizations that are that are, are other nonprofits in the community that our work aligns really well with. And one of those is the Urban League, um, and the other is United Way. And uh, it was interesting. I was I was at United Way's had a big event here uh, last month, and. Um, both someone from the chamber as well as someone from Urban League spoke at that event. Um, and so it was, it was interesting that all three of us were kind of engaged, but it was absolutely United Way's, um, you know, event and, and focus. And so I think that's the first thing I'd say is wherever you feel is most appropriate, one of those three entities is probably a great place to plug in. Um, and I think there's some other places and some other ways to, to engage. And so certainly, you know, if you're a small business, the councils are a great opportunity. Um, if you are, you know, an individual, there's definitely opportunity there with United Way and Urban League. We tend to be very business centered as just an organization. We, we represent 1800 businesses from a, from a membership standpoint, um, for our large companies, we really want them engaged, um, where they can in education. And so we have a number of companies that have, um, come on as branded partners with future ready institutes. Mm-hmm. They're in the high schools. Um, it's a big lift. Those companies commit $50,000 a year, uh, for five years to be a part of that and kind of brand those. Um, but oftentimes they also commit full-time staff. So Novonics is an example as a full-time employee based there at Lookout uh, Valley High School. So if you're a bigger company, you can do that. If you're a smaller company, I would say on the education front, you can still be engaged. They have um, they have groups that are kind of tied to those future ready institutes and you can still be engaged from that perspective. Um, but certainly, you know, be thinking about, you know, how you plug in with, with councils that, that are kind of engaged at that level also. And then I think, you know, as you look across the community, um, depending on, on what your focus is and, and, um, you know, kind of what, what your personal passions are. There's a ton of other organizations to be involved with. Um, I love James McKissick at Arts Build. Um, and, and we have a thriving art scene. And so it's a, that's another great organization to, to be tied to and, and get connected in. They, they have a leadership program as well. Um, so which is, is tied to, I think they call it the Holmesburg, uh, you know, uh, I think I'm trying to remember leadership program around the arts. So I think there's a lot of different ways to, to get connected in. Um, it's always funny because we have this kind of push and pull dynamic in Chattanooga where I think historically we've been very welcoming as a community. We're probably now a little worried about growth. And so it's funny, but for me, I'm like, you know, I think the more the merrier, but we want folks that if they're going to move here and they're going to come here, that they become a part of, you know, the social fabric of the community. Right. And so, you know, we, we want people that are going to engage in those things are going to help us solve big problems. And, uh, you know, Chattanooga is a place where we've solved big problems before, right? I mean, we had a dying downtown and we had lots of community engagement and, and being involved with kind of how, how that got reborn and, and reinvented. And, uh, and so I think, looking for those opportunities to plug in. And so right now, um, you know, I know the, the city's got a survey that's out, um, that's, that's being pushed pretty hard around in the County also around long-term planning. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, don't even have to get off your couch. I mean, just like get on and fill that survey out. And so, uh, you know, I think, you know, certainly for your listeners that are out there, they obviously care. They're not listening if they don't care about Chattanooga and don't care about Hamilton County. Um, and I just encourage you to look for those opportunities to get connected. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you'd like to mention before we sign off? No, I just, uh, Nathan, I really want to thank you for, you know, for the, this podcast. I know it takes a lot of work and I think, um, you know, I think people, 
um, people tend to forget how things happen in a community, right? And, um, you know, it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of intentionality. And, um, and there's no, you don't get to stay where you are. So as, you know, I think I'd encourage people to think about this with Chattanooga, um, is I read a book. It's one of my favorite books. Um, and it's called Once Upon a Time in a Great City. And it's about Detroit in 1963. And at that point, Detroit is at its zenith. So Ford is about to roll out the Mustang. Martin Luther King had just debuted his I Have a Dream speech. He actually kind of did it first there in Detroit. Um, and Motown's on fire, right? The city is trying to, to get the Olympics um, for, for the upcoming Olympics to, to be in, in Detroit. And, um, and so this is a city that is firing on all cylinders, right? It's the Motor City. So they're firing on all cylinders in 1963. And we all know what happened. Right. We know the rest of the story. And, you know, the reality is, is that communities and it doesn't matter whether you're Nashville or you're Chattanooga or you're Detroit, we don't get to stay where we are. And so I think, you know, folks who are really thinking about Chattanooga um, and kind of where we've come from and there's tend to be a lot of community pride, um, we really need to be thinking about what those next steps are. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we talk about our, our five year Chattanooga climbs higher strategic plan you know, we cannot, um, you know, we cannot be complacent. We've really got to think about how we address our biggest challenges um, and then how we make sure we're taking advantage of, of the strengths and, you know, all of the things we've been given by the folks who came before us and and really leverage those to, you know, to build a thriving city. Well said. Thank you for your time, Mr. Wood. Thanks, Nathan. Appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Chattanooga Civics. Our music was written and recorded by Kevin McLeod. Find more civic resources at chattanoogacivics.com. Chattanooga Civics is a member of the Podnooga Network. To find more great podcasts from local creators, find Podnooga on Facebook and Instagram or on the web at podnooganetwork.com. Thanks for listening. Proud member of the Podnuga Network.